0: You're listening to the average conservationist podcast brought to you in partner with 2% for conservation. 2% for conservation's mission is to create an alliance of businesses and individuals that ensure the future of hunting and angling by committing their time and dollars to fish and wildlife. 1% of your time plus 1% of your money equals 2% for conservation. 2% helps businesses and people pair with conservation causes to support things that fit what they care about. Whether you're into fishing, hunting, or just getting outdoors, can help you not only start giving back to wildlife, but get certified for it. Getting 2% certified means you've made the same commitment as popular brands like Sitka, Stone Glacier, and Seek Outside in giving at least 1% of your time and dollars back to wildlife. But it's not just for outdoor companies. Breweries, contractors, coffee roasters, and even piano repair companies have earned 2% certification and stand out as leaders in their community for doing so. Businesses that are committed to conservation deserve your business when you shop. Learn more about 2% for conservation at fishandwildlife.org. That's fishandwildlife.org. Ladies and gentlemen, good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Uh, Whenever you get a chance to listen to this, welcome back to the Average Conservationist Podcast, and I'm your host, Marcus Ewing. Today on the podcast, I have with me Damon Booth. And Damon is the founder and co-owner of 2% certified Chucker Chasers. He is also the president of the Chucker Chaser Foundation. And for a lot of people, uh, maybe in the Midwest, uh, maybe down south, maybe I don't know if they have Chuckers down south. I feel like they don't. But this one was, uh, you know, I'm sure that many of you uh, are familiar with Chucker hunting. Um, uh, but you know, those who reside in some of the Western states, um, probably much more familiar, um, possibly even get a chance to do it themselves. Um, so this one was, <clears throat> uh, pretty interesting for me because I got to learn, you know, at least, uh, kind of a broad overview of chucker hunting. Um, yeah, I kind of touch on it throughout the episode, but my experience, uh, or my limited knowledge is really based upon, uh, just some videos that I've seen uh, on YouTube and um, and things like that. So it was super cool and, and interesting to to hear about you know what started as a group of buddies um, just trying to you know capture their hunts when they were out chucker hunting, uh, which turned into you know a YouTube page, which then kind of snowballed into making some apparel, um, which from there turned into. Uh, the Chucker Chaser Foundation, uh, which really focuses on getting the youth involved in chucker hunting. Um, they do a big hunt with the youth there in Nevada uh, every year um, and get to, you know, do, you know, raise a ton of money um, there in Nevada, uh, you know, and also, you know, getting, um, you know, our youth this next wave of, of conservation to stop into the field, teach them, you know, proper gun safety, um, you know, just proper etiquette when you're out on the land and all of these things that, you know, while they're still young, uh, it really sets them up nicely, um, to be a real steward of the land, um, and conservationists as they get older and, and, you know, hopefully they decide to, to continue to do this, you know, on their own when they, when they get of age. So really cool. We talk about also, um, how, A kind of unforeseen incident with some party crashers at one of their banquets uh, led to a second chapter uh, of the Chucker Chasers Foundation out in Idaho. Um, A lot of times when you think of uh, party crashers, I guess, uh, it usually has a negative connotation, but this one actually turned out to be a really cool story and what it turned into um, has really only helped benefit um, Chucker's uh, in Idaho. So, uh, really fun episode, Damon. You know, I felt like he was kind of in a time crunch. Um, we had a limited amount of time, and I felt like there was, you know, still a bunch more that we could touch on. So, hopefully, we can get him back on again, maybe towards the end of the year after their um, their youth hunt um, later this fall. So, episode ninety, Damon Booth. Uh, enjoy uh, today's episode is going to be brought to you by my friends over at Stone Glacier. Uh, obviously, last week we had. Jeff Spazito, on the president and CEO of Stone Glacier, and if you guys have not had a chance to to try out any of Stone Glacier's um, backpacks, sleep systems, uh, technical apparel as far as like outerwear, any of their base layers, or you just want to kick up pick up a cool T-shirt or a hat, head over to StoneGlacier.com, check it out, download the Stone Glacier app, whether on um, iTunes or Google Play, whichever type of device you have and stay up to date with all the latest uh, offerings uh, They came out with a cool video a few weeks ago um, you guys can just really kind of stay in the now um, with stone glacier so again head over to StoneGlacier.com. all right on the line with me today i have the founder and co-owner of two percent certified brand chucker chasers as well as the president of the chucker chasers foundation damon booth damon how are you
1: i'm great how are you
0: I'm doing well. Uh, <clears throat> this has been a long time in the making. And I mean, I feel like it's been probably a good six months or so that you and I have been in contact, kind of back and forth. And we, we haven't ever been able to get our schedules to align. We were talking, uh, you know, just prior to actually recording here. And given your day job, uh, I completely understand uh, where some of the scheduling conflicts have uh, come into play. So, no, I'm glad that we're uh, finally able to make this happen.
1: Oh, it was a lot of communicating back and forth and texts that at times went unanswered. So I do apologize on my end for that. But yeah, definitely glad we were able to finally connect.
0: Yeah. So <clears throat> I know we were, uh, we've were. we got a hard stop here, so there's a lot that I want to cover. But let's kind of jump right into it. Tell me about Chucker Chasers.
1: Well, it uh, started by just a group of friends really filming on... Uh, on with, well, filming on GoPros, um, well, trucker hunting and then throwing the videos up. One of the guys would edit for us and we'd throw them up on YouTube. And from there, um, at the time I was going, uh, to graduate school. So I'd come back for my winter break and get as much content as I could in a short amount of time. We'd all send it in to a buddy and he'd, uh, he'd kind of compress it all and, and, uh, do the, uh, editing and then release videos, and then it came. Uh, you know, it was it was something that was great to do when I was in uh, in school elsewhere. Um, and then it was, you know, the thought process behind it is there's more to this than just videos. Um, you know, creating a brand and having a brand recognition, and then uh, having merchandise. So um, around 2015, um, it became more of a legitimate uh, entity, um, where it was, a, a, a partnership that then, um, led into the, the formation of an, an actual company, um, an online presence with merchandise and the continuation of the videos. And since then, um, you know, there was always talks of, you know, you're out in the desert, uh, you know, chasing these birds or, or, or game planning. And you come back at the end of the day, it was like, hey, we need to have a video, or not a video. We need to have a, a an actual event where you know it's one thing to tailgate at the end of the hunt, and you know talk about the day, how the day went, dog, how the dogs did, and all that. Um, but it was a, a matter of um, let's just have a shindig, like throw a little a little party, get people together um, of like minds, and and talk about their season and talk about their bird dogs. I mean, it's it's that commonality amongst us all, which I think uh, brings us together. Um, and then the, the cool thing about where we're located, there's a, a, a huge Basque presence with the Basque culture, um, and the Basque culture is big on their family style, uh, events and, uh, meals. And so, uh, we threw a party, um, and so 2017, I think is when the first little shindig went down and the fundraiser, um, surprisingly, um, you know, uh, uh it was more successful than we anticipated in the sense of we sold 100 tickets to the dinner. It was actually at a Basque restaurant in Reno, Nevada. And uh, we said, hey, this is like there's something here, obviously. And so from that um, fundraiser, people were reaching out, hey, where's the money going to go, which they had every right to ask right. that question. And so we just immediately said, well, we we uh, we appreciate the work that our uh, uh, Department of Wildlife um, does throughout the year and provides us with a season and numbers on reporting. You know how the the, the you know uh, precipitation was the the green up um, the hatch um, all those you know we're dependent on trying to get some information out of our, our uh, government agency and so uh, we just turned around and donated the whole check to the to the department Nevada Department of Wildlife. Um, but then from that and those inquiries that came in, we're like, we need to legitimize even this fundraiser for, I mean, the, the tax benefit that, that donors, um, you know, are provided, but just for transparency purposes. So in 2018, the fund foundation was formally formed. And then since then it's been uh, hosting the annual fundraising events. And from those events, uh, that money is now delegated, um, based on a board's decision. There's a, a board of about 15 individuals, um, pretty diverse, uh, board, which is pretty cool. I mean, um, we have, I mean, different with chucker hunters, we're, we're pretty secretive on where we go. So I'll admit, <laughs> even, even, even with this board, we're, we're all close, but we tend to not always hunt together. It's like, you know, Hey, you have your little, you know, click that you kind of go hunt with and in, in your spots. Um, we, we, we do our best to try to pry information out of one another, uh, throughout the season or in the off season, but it's a very close board, but it is a very diverse board, which is, which is great. And I think necessary. Um, and then, yeah, even with, you know, the, the weird times we're going through the last couple of years, uh, the board has been pretty proactive with maintaining, uh, community involvement, raising funds. And then although we didn't have our youth chucker hunt in 2020, we were successfully able to put a youth chucker hunt on last uh, October, which was a huge success. Um, And and, and that's really what our focus is with the foundation. There's a lot of nonprofits out there that say wildlife conservation, which is very general. Um, And we do use that phrase, but our, our focus is youth involvement. Um you know, in, in the you know the retention and engagement of youth in the uplands is crucial because hopefully one day they're fighting the good fight to keep public lands right um so the foundation tries to do an annual dinner event, um maybe something some other events throughout the year, and then the focus is really uh providing a, a youth chucker hunt and then delegating it to other um other opportunities that come up. I mean, one specifically, like everyone knows out West and really throughout, you know, uh, the West and even East coast and South, um, the, the drought and the wildfire seasons have been gnarly. So, you know, a lot of rehab efforts, uh, the, the Chucker Chaser Foundation's always willing to, um, donate and contribute towards those, uh, rehabilitation efforts for, for, uh, you know, wildlife habitat. Um, so that's another focus of, of the foundation as well. So, a long winded response to uh, your, your initial question.
0: <clears throat> no, that's good. That's uh that's usually a lot more than I get out of people. And then I usually have to ask about five or six follow-up questions to get a little bit more information, <laughs> but you kind of hit it out of the park there on the first uh, on the first try. Um, cool. <clears throat> so the one, of the, one of the things that I really like, um, you know, I was obviously looking at the foundation, um, you know, before we got, before we jumped on here and, the, the aspect or the focus around getting youth involved um, in upland hunting, uh, really in any type of outdoor activity, uh, like you said, I think is crucial uh, for the future of, you know, whether it's hunting, whether it's angling, you know, any type of really outdoor recreation. Um, you know, we need to instill in them at a young age, you know, the importance of taking care of our wildlife and our, and our wild places. And you know, kind of you know teaching them conservation, but I think at that age you have to you have to do it in the right way, right? Because if you if you sit down a you know twelve thirteen year old kid and you're like this is conservation, you know, and conservation really can have a very broad um, definition, uh, I guess, depending on on how you want to look at it. Or you can practice conservation in a lot of different ways, but I think the the hands on approach um, through hunting is a great way to. Um, kind of keep them active in it right and showing them the benefits and explaining to them why um, you know uh, population management is is such a critical part the habitat restoration and and all the information um, that goes into like the the uh, fish and game department that you talked about there in Nevada and the information that they provide I mean those things are crucial and I think a lot of people take that information for granted or they take that work for granted um, and to, 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 have an understanding of that at an early age and carry that through your, you know, your entire life and your, all of your pursuits in the outdoors, uh, I think is critical. All right. Oh,
1: absolutely. And, and that's really,
0: uh, what we try to do
1: with these youth events and even with our, the annual fundraising event, you know, to get the, the agencies on board. I mean, this is a collaboration. I think those who say, while I've caught. Cl- conservation you know it could be buying a firearm buying ammunition because of the tax associated with it and are they right yes um but then there's also you know more that could be done with it in the sense of going to some of these events spending the money where you know where the dollars are going and so with the foundation like i said earlier you know the biggest thing is transparency so when we promote an event which the reno event is going on um Next month, March 12th, which is great because the event already sold out within two weeks. And so my thought process behind that is, you know, for a sellout that quick is people know where the money is going. They know that they're dev- devoting their time, energy and effort and their, their money to this event to raise some, some of these funds that then uh, will stay solely in the state of Nevada at the you know, money raised at this event. And then where where it goes, they see that there's transparency of what's being done with it. And so with the youth chucker hunt specifically, we bring those agencies to collaborate with us. So then youth get exposed to it. Hey, this is available. These are resources to take advantage of. You could call the biologist and say, hey, I'm thinking about hunting this area. Like, what are, like, what do you see out there? Like, did they, you know, how were the the rainfall uh, to this specific mountain range? Uh, was it beneficial to the hatch? Is there green up? Certain things like that. I'll agree. People don't take advantage of of the uh, the information that's uh, out there, and they are, you know, government employees. Uh, it's our taxpayer dollars. Um, I've never dealt with an a, an agency even outside of the state of Nevada where I've called and I have had a hang up or someone not provide information. Um, for instance, I hunted Southern California a few years back and I, you know, picked the brain of a few, uh, wildlife, um, agents or representatives, and they knew that I was doing my homework. They'd send me some information, then I'd respond. And I think, or I like to think that they were appreciative that I wasn't just, you know, seeking information without also doing my own homework. Um, but yeah, we, we absolutely have that, uh, that information that resource and if we could instill that in you to recognize these you know these are benefits that we have and so long as like i said we have these public lands out west um, take full advantage of them who knows how long they'll last Um, but for now we have the ability to to utilize them um, and to go out and drive in the middle of nowhere and, and hunt and so with the youth hunt, if they, you know, if you gravitate towards that, recognize it, and if we could provide them with the tools, and, and even we do a raffle, a little raffle even at these youth hunts, where every kid walks away with some type of uh, gear, equipment, hardware, uh, you know, even a youth shotgun to then take out in the field and actually utilize. So it's it's kind of uh, planting the seed, uh, you know, early where that they at least get the uh, experience um, and, and, and know how. Uh, that then they could take, and if they get into hunting uh, immediately thereafter, great. If it's later in life, uh, which you know some of us we all have different upbringings and and, and yep. stories as to how how we got into hunting, uh, if they could take what they learned at a young age and then a decade from then, just be able to reflect back on it, great. I mean, we, we did our job, and, and that money was was well utilized. So
0: yeah, so a couple things there. <laughs> One, when you talked about you know getting the youth involved, I mean. For me, growing up in the Midwest here, you know, the the outdoors, um, deer camp, you know, duck hunting, you know, really any type of of outdoor activity was was very commonplace, right? It was very normal. Um, You know, a vast majority of my friends growing up uh, were into hunting or fishing or something like that. And I always just thought that was normal, right? And likely because I grew up in a very small rural community and I wasn't exposed to a lot of you know, a lot of other um, people with, you know, you know, that had maybe more of a, uh, like a metropolitan or, you know, city type upbringing. And as you get older, you, you start to, you know, make new friends, whether it's college, you know, just into your adult life. And the more you get to know them, and they grew up in, you know, a city or, or something like that. And, you know, some of them have never, they've never even thought about hunting, or, you know, maybe they've, went on like a charter fishing trip one time or something, you know, something along those lines where it's, it's, it's not the the same, I guess, um, as growing up doing it and being a bit more self-sufficient, um, with it, you know, having the equipment to be like, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to go deer hunt, right. Or I'm going to go bird hunt, whatever the case is. And yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's such a powerful thing. The, the things that you can learn, um, and the appreciation that you gain when you start that at a young age. And and not only that, just kind of the life lessons it teaches you about, you know, perseverance and patience and, you know, just respecting Mother Nature. Because I don't think that that's something that uh, is instilled in a lot of people these days, unfortunately. Nope.
1: I'd uh, absolutely agree. Sometimes, you know, when we're out. Cruising around the desert and just talking about things, it's kind of you know, statistically how many hunters are there. And for sure, hunters are a minority. Um, it's, a, it's a very small group. And I think with the weird times we've been dealing with, there was an absolute increase in the use of public lands. When people realized in those urban areas, like, wow, we could drive and this is a quote-unquote free playground. And we could you know, get outdoors when a lot was just shut down um you know it was a real i think truthfully eye-opening for individuals yeah you know i I think there's you know with there's always good and bad with certain situations so with the increased use of public lands and 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 transportation you know the, the the amount of distances being driven to certain areas and the the respect for that land um you know, I know that being out, I saw a lot more trash. I saw a lot more recreational uh, UTV riders that were making their own roads as opposed to staying on the ones that were have been there for years. Um, so you know things in it, you know it's very much cringeworthy. and so you just hope, hey, if you're gonna continue to utilize this, like respect it, um, and and that is a, a focus of ours. Even with getting youth involved, it's a presentation on. I mean, really, the the emphasis of safety with firearms, right? But then then the respect and and the ability to communicate. I think with the times we live in, it, we're very uh, focused on technology. And so with that, you know, communication sometimes could be lost. And so we, when we have these events, it is a, a, a uh, emphasis to ask questions, to speak up. Um, if you don't know, you know, no questions, a dumb one. Um, you know, utilize the, the representatives and the volunteers around. Ask board members, ask, you know, law enforcement or uh, Department of Wildlife agents who are, are, are walking around talk to them, pick their brain. Uh, everyone hunts different. Everyone, uh, you know, does things differently, but at the same time, like the, those core values are still there. Um, and the core safety, uh, that's emphasized is still there. And so if we could emphasize that at our events, we just hope that then they take that. Um, if they don't get into hunting, maybe it's fishing, maybe it's just recreational hiking. Uh, they develop, you know, or have that understanding of respect, um, and
0: it, you know, it carries over, you know, in, into their lifetime.
1: That's the hope at least.
0: Yeah, no, I think that that's, um, a great, um, a great way to, to approach things and to a great, uh, path to kind of set these, these youth down, um, to have that kind of full big picture understanding. Um, is it ever, uh, you know, kind of wild to think that, you know, seven, eight years ago when you were just making footage um, of some cool chucker hunts with your buddies that, you know, in this day or in this, you know, 2022, that you would have, you know, your own, um, you know, lifestyle apparel brand, you know, accompanied with an actual 503C or fi- yeah, 503C uh, foundation to help, you know, the, the, the species itself.
1: Honestly, it's uh, it's kind of surprising. It's very cool. Um, I don't pride myself on being a uh, you know any elite type chucker hunter. Um, chucker hunting is just something I was raised around in northern Nevada. I'm grateful for my father to get me involved, and then yeah, to be around you know individuals who just love getting after it uh, to you know take advantage of every weekend or weekday during the trucker season to um, just load up the truck, load up the dogs and go in the desert. So it's very cool to reflect on that. You know, there's a, there's a following and one thing that we've always um, been supportive of and and just kind of our, our outreach and even getting involved, you know, having the 2% certification is just the community aspect of it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm one of the individuals behind Chucker Chasers that then has formed this foundation. And one day I hope to pass off the torch. I hope, you know, like with this board, we have, you know, very strong leadership on the board. And it's just a, a matter of time before I kind of get burnt out from it and can pass it on. <laughs> um, with the media content side, it's it's very cool that um, people like seeing, um, you know, the the, the, the photography, the uh, cinematography, the, the edits, the content that we push out. But then also share others, you know, with the the Instagram on the the Chucker Chaser side of things. Um, you know, it's it's a very much community driven. And so those who, you know, as lame as it is with hashtags, but those who tag and hashtag, it's, you know, an opportunity to say, all right, you know, we're, we'll, we'll just as much want, like we want to share your experiences with others. Um, and we're grateful for the the following that's there, um, the community aspect and that, you know, the, the brand recognition behind it. So to reflect on it, it's crazy. I mean, my wife, uh, we were just dating when this was all kind of new. And I said, hey, there's just this thing, uh, you know, it's kind of there, there's kind of a fall early on and it was just an idea i mean it all started as a concept like many things do uh so very cool that you know it's uh it's grown to where it is i mean from a, a, a kind of a lifestyle brand media content to the foundation um then we had some uh we actually had some party crashers a few years back at one of the foundation dinners and these uh, great guys from from idaho came down they said they uh they said they didn't have a ticket which is, is is great because um our events like i said you know it's nice when they do sell out and so these guys just thought they could show and get a ticket and at first i was pretty uh uh stern that hey we'll let you in um a discounted you know ticket because you know i wasn't gonna allow dinner because i didn't want to disrupt the the cooks and you know everything that had been done previously with like the, the planning Um, And these guys ended up, you know, now they're, they went from um, kind of the community chucker hunters, you know, we're all in it for the same uh, to, you know, their, their friends. I consider them, you know, close, uh, not only colleagues, but, but friends uh, up in Idaho who crashed a party in Reno. And then they came back and said, Hey, we want this same um, type of event fundraiser up in Boise. And so worked with them on a, a, a chapter affiliation agreement and they are now our one and only uh, chapter, um, that's up in Idaho and they're actually having their dinner on April 2nd this year. They couldn't have it last year. Um, and they're doing the exact same thing. All money raised there stays there. Although the f- foundation itself facilitates and kind of advises and, and is there for guidance, no money is ever collected. That's one thing that, uh, you know, all these foundations that are out there. Um, our biggest thing is if you raise money on your, you know, at your chapter, that's your money. Uh, we're not here. There's no administrative cost that the foundation collects that pays out to its its volunteers and board members. Um, so, it's cool that the the from party crashing that a branch of the foundation was formed up in Idaho and they they've been successful the last couple years.
0: So. Yeah, no, that's very cool. Uh, when it comes to to chucker hunting, so I know what chucker hunting is. I've seen some videos, but aside from that, I have very Little knowledge of chucker hunting, other than like again, some of the videos that I've seen. So, for some of our listeners that may not have a, a real grasp now, if you're an upland hunter, you know, a true upland hunter, I, I'm going to apologize for uh, my ignorance on the topic here <laughs> ahead of time. But, I mean, what is chucker hunting like? I mean, compared to like, you know, if you see like pheasant hunting in Iowa or you know woodcock or or part you know whatever the case partridge you know whatever type of other upland hunting where you know I think I've in Michigan here where it's a lot um you know close quarters thick woods you know um getting right up on top of the dog to to get the the dog to flush the bird or to get the bird to you know flush itself I mean what is chucker hunting like cuz obviously you're doing it in you know much more wide open spaces
1: Yeah for sure I mean like first thing that comes to mind I I mean I've been in chucker hunting for, you know, multiple decades now, and I, I really don't even have uh, a true description of it other than, you know, the first word that came to mind was challenging. <laughs> I've um, heard a lot that. Of people, yep, a lot of people, I mean, we call them devil birds, uh, wild devil devil birds. They they get in your head. It's, it's challenging in the sense of uh, you get to locations, you wouldn't think anything exists, and you find, you know, you see some water, you see green up, you see rock outcroppings, And those rock outcroppings are a pretty gnarly elevation. And so you're, you know, you're, you're in for a climb and you get up to the top of the, you know, the rock rock outcropping you, uh, you wanted to hit. And hopefully you get a good point and a good flush, a bird or two down. And those birds fly all the way to the other canyon, fly all the way down. And all day you're going up, down, up, down, one more ridge. Uh, it's just a constant, uh use of the human body, uh, just to get, you know, on these things. And then the worst is they have a cackle, um, that sounds like a chuck, 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 chuck. And so it's, uh, it's a laughing matter to them. It appears <laughs> where you're, you're mentally, physically exhausted. And then you hear that cackle pick up and you're like, are you kidding me? I just walked that or my dog just hunted that. um, it uh it's it's an addiction too, um you know without a doubt it's it's my passion i I do some big game hunting if i'm fortunate to draw a tag but you know everyone has a chucker tag uh we've actually made a little joke on it with with the 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 business and the you know the the brand itself we uh we have chucker tag decals and unfortunately we have had some people reach out oh i didn't realize i needed a chucker tag and it's like no that's it's all in jest (laughs) You don't need a you need a license, but That's you don't the point need of it, a yeah. tag, yeah. So <laughs> um, it's just a it's just a challenge. I mean, it's it's uh, it's exciting. Um, it's thrilling to see dogs truly work an area that looks so, um, barren that, you know, they go on point and you're like, how, how is there anything right there? And they blend in so well with the terrain. Um, and then these truthfully, these are, you know, the fight or flight of a chucker, um, is, is crazy. I mean, I've, I've seen birds drop thinking, all right, you know, heard the thud that birds down and then just the adrenaline of this bird to be able to pop up you know, jump on its feet and, uh, take flight again. And you're just like, how did that just
0: happen? <laughs> um,
1: and, and it's, it's always unfortunate, you know, when you do lose birds, because, you know, you know, it was a challenge on your end, the dog did such great work. And then to lose game that, you know, you, you, you either winged or cripped. you hope you don't, you know, have that situation. You walk away from a down bird that then did pop up and will probably just be a, a coyote's meal. But, um, it's definitely an addiction. So challenge was the first word. Uh, addiction's the, the subsequent word associated with it. And like I said, they don't have the the, 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 the pseudo name of wild uh, devil birds for nothing. So they're, they're, they're truly
0: devilish. What kind of dogs are you guys using? I mean, I've seen, you know, obviously there's, you know, a, a variety of different, you know, actual pointing dogs, but then I've also seen, you know, like, people who you know have pointing labs right that will use labs for you know pheasant hunting and upland type hunting so what type of of dogs are you guys running
1: i will say with with hearing that about the pointing labs uh one of the other guys co-founder of uh chucker chasers he thought he bought a pointing lab at one time (laughs) and yeah He claims the dog pointed at least one time. Uh, I may, may not have seen it point one time, but uh, I think he was conned into a pointing lab. Uh, (laughs) And he still gets, gets some, uh, some grief for it. And uh, thankfully that, that, that quote unquote pointing lab is still around. He's a, he's a great dog. Um, But I think pointers, pointers in my experience, I mean, every, every bird dog will say they have the best dog. And I'll admit for as much as I've been out, I mean, I, I, uh, you know, give my dogs I've had, you know, current and in the past kind of like a rating. Um, my current dog's great, but I, is he the greatest? No. <laughs> I've had better dogs and hunted behind better dogs, but he gets the job done. And so um, I was raised around Britney's. Brittany Spaniels were great, but endurance-wise, um, my dad saw when I was you know much younger, I, I picked up a short hair, and he just saw that that dog had, like, you know, just the drive in him um far exceeded that of the britneys that he had had in the past so it was just based on experience he then switched over to gsps um you know i hunt with buddies who have centers and and english pointers um and i I think every dog is is unique and if you get them on birds i tell many people this their bird dogs are only as good as you know the amount of time they get out and if you aren't getting your dog on bird dogs Hey, that wing on a fly line is just as good, you know. You know, as, as, as what it is. Uh, it's not on actual birds. It's not that true scent co- cone. Um, so, you know, I, buddies who hunt wire hairs, like I've seen them outperform like GSPs, and and you know, Brittany's outperformed, um, set, or you know, English pointers. And so, it really doesn't matter like the breed. I know, like um, the poodle pointers are, are becoming more and more popular. Um, But it's just getting your dog out there and exposed. And another thing that's not uh, anticipated for all those individuals on the East Coast, Midwest, the South who bring out their field dogs uh, in the rough, dry terrain of the West, Uh, make sure you bring, um, you know, I don't run my dog on boots, but make sure you bring boots or you have some type of tape to tape up those pads because I see it often on the old social media, just pads getting torn up um with dogs who aren't used to the type of terrain that's out west and so I think that's crucial to not only getting your dog out so he understands what it is to hunt uh because you know with chucker chasers we're just out there chasing you know these birds around where the dogs are actually doing the true hunting and you just want your dog exposed to uh, the type of terrain you know that they're going to experience but um like I said I, I hunt GSP's majority of my friends have have gsps or or pointers um i really just think it fits the whatever you want or the you know your significant significant others interested in getting uh just make sure that you do uh the dog a favor and 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 get them out on birds because if you're you're keeping them as house dogs uh you're not doing anyone any favors
0: yeah i have a soft spot for gsps we had one uh growing up that uh my dad you know trained to to hunt upland birds and yeah those dogs are i mean i'm always fascinated with whatever the you know breed of the dog it is but watching them work and seeing the relationship between handler and dog and i mean it's just you know you know for a lot of these these breeds that you know are hunting dogs you know there's it, it's just something inside of them right and it it really it takes the you know the the handler the owner to kind of bring it out but it's there Right. And when, when you see a dog, um, you know, really working and doing its thing, I mean, it's, it's so cool to watch. It's one of those things that you just, it's happened to me before when I was younger, Upland hunting is you get so distracted or you get so focused on watching the dog work, bird flushes, never even get your gun up. Right. And it's like, you know, the dog's probably looking at you like, what the hell are you doing, man? Like I did all this work (laughs) and here you are standing with your hands in your pockets, you know, like, come on, help me out here.
1: Yep. I'll I'll admit, and, uh, you know, I'm guilty of this with, uh, you know, running the Chucker Chaser Instagram. Sometimes, you know, I have my phone out when I shouldn't trying to get content, and it's a great point. Or, you know, I'm not paying attention truly. I mean, you, you realize, like, when the dog's working, when they're on scent. Um, but I've missed some birds, some opportunities because I'm more focused on, uh, you know, the point or just like capturing a true dog, you know, work. And, uh, but it is, you know, it's, 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 it's captivating. It's, it's, it's one of those things that drives me to continue to go out. I mean, to get my dog on birds. If I leave for work, my dog's wondering, you know, Hey, load me up in the kennel and he'll, he'd probably stay in the kennel all day. Just. You know, the excitement that dogs see (laughs) or, you know, receive when they see their owners of like, hey, I want to be with you at all times. Because if we get an opportunity to go out and hunt, hey, get me out on birds. Um, But yeah, I mean, my my wife, you know, grew up without dogs. And then so when I exposed her to a hunting dog and telling her like what they do. You could tell someone, but until they see it, is I think when they really like it, it makes sense. And and so my wife, you know, talks so often of of when she uh, realized
0: why we have these these dogs
1: and and the purpose they serve.
0: Yeah, <clears throat> kind of to 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 piggyback off of that, we had a, a lab when I was growing up as well that my dad and I would waterfowl hunt with, and he had you know trained this dog. You know, I mean, it was it was a phenomenal duck dog for all that 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 I know of it but I mean this dog knew when it was hunting season I mean like my dad could just <laughs> like take his shotgun just you know just rack the chamber a few times and that dog would go berserk I mean it was like okay it's go time it didn't matter if that dog was dead asleep on the couch you rack that shotgun one or two times and it's up at your feet tail wagging like let's go let's do it I'm ready come on you know so it's they know right they absolutely oh, know yeah. when it's time
1: yep well that's the thing too you know some of these pointers i think a lot of dogs and dog breeds get a bad rap for just their high energy and their high strung and i would agree they are um but a similar example with my wife like she was getting warnings from other people about this dog is going to be batshit crazy (laughs) um and i said yeah they all are but i think they also learned like when to shut it off i mean yeah, yeah like that lab knew when the season was i mean they they know they're going to be working hard if it's you know for waterfowl or upwind um, i mean they, they figured out they, they're they they're high strung for a short while you get them out enough they realize how to you know that it's like a light switch they know how to preserve it um like my dog i'll i'll, I'll hunt them some that you know three to five day like trips at times and i hope that he, you know he can make it you know day four or you know give him a little break on you know for that final day before the final day and they kind of, I think from those type of uh, experiences, they realize, all right, like I'm not going to burn my energy or I'm going to preserve it in, in certain ways. And, um, that's the hope again, I've said it a few times, but that's the hope at least for my mind mindset behind it. But, you know, I think if you, you work a dog, you know, as, as a pup and get them exposed early, uh, they're, they're a little more well-mannered.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So you, you mentioned earlier that you have, um, the second chapter uh, in Idaho for for the foundation. Do you guys have plans to expand that into some of the other West, western states or, um, or are you guys just kind of happy with with where things are right now and, and you have you know the the other chapter um, in Idaho kind of running itself?
1: Um, well, I'd love it truthfully uh, it, this is uh, all volunteer work um, that has been you know even like Chucker chasers, it was a side. Um, hobby, essentially. It was, you know, hey, we chucker hunt. Hey, let's bring a camera. Let's make some videos. Um, and it's turned into so much more than I could have ever imagined, which is great. Uh, but I also have a day job as well that that, that pays the bills. Um, and that's, you know, I think uh, family and, and, and quality of life and a good work-life balance is 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 crucial. And it's been nice to see where Chucker Chasers has has grown and where it's at now. And, you know, the, like I said the the Idaho chapter was somewhat of a fluke by just some party crashers who <laughs> um you know had had the motivation to, to to see this forward and it was a risk and and so you know one thing that we pride ourselves in the, on the foundation side is, you know, when we promote something and say, Hey, all the money raised here stays here. Um, we were very cautious of supporting another chapter. And we said, all right, like, you know, we'll support you, but we aren't going to have funds that have been raised here in Nevada, you know, invest for lack of a better term into this chapter. And so you need to do, you know, your due diligence and, and work hard to have this be successful. And their first dinner was in 2020 um, and they, they netted, you know, it was about 10 K that they netted on their first shindig and wow, it was that's like, awesome. that's great. I mean, huge. And so it went to uh, certain, um, activities in, 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 Idaho. I know that they did a, a, a clay shoot uh, for youth and then a, a rehab project. Um, and then they were postponed on their event last year, but they're, they're excited about April's event this year. Um, and so with this, that success, um, I think other states have seen it and we have had individuals from Wyoming and Oregon and Washington reach out. Um, but at times it is just getting around to it for me and the, the board, and then also saying, all right, like we're here for you and we're supportive, but like, this is how we started. We thought small, um, uh, you know, we said, Hey, if 20 people show up to a bar and we could have a few raffle prizes, like great. Um, and so it is just kind of thinking small putting things in perspective, um, you know, as to are you able at, you know, where you're at in life to be committed. And thankfully the guys up in Idaho and and their significant others um, have been committed to it to see it succeed. And so I'd like to have it happen. It just kind of depends on the the individuals uh, who are willing to to get it up and running. Um, But a cool side note with that, we had this kid, Uh his name's Rocky or goes by Rocky. Uh he was up in Washington. He reached out, he was a high school kid, uh needed some volunteer hours and we said, Yeah, we'll facilitate, you know, we'll we'll work with the the Department of Fish and Game up in Washington and you know, make sure that they approve any type of project you need for volunteer hours. And so he did a um for Guzzler's sake, he did a uh, a repair he didn't build out any guzzlers but did a repair job on a handful of guzzlers that were already set up there um, fully documented it did a write-up and completed about 40 hours of volunteer work so he could uh, It was part of his graduation project I mean he needed it to graduate and then uh, I just wrote him a letter of recommendation for um, a scholarship for his uh, uh, upper education but it's cool to be a have a presence as a foundation. Um, although we are a chapter or there's no chapter in Washington currently. But for an individual to reach out and say, Hey, can you guys help me facilitate this and, 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 and you know, work on me with this project? And so that was pretty fulfilling. Um, that was done last year. And so ideally chapters elsewhere would be great. But for now it's it's manageable with Nevada and, and Idaho.
0: Yeah, no, that's a super cool story, especially I mean it takes uh it takes a little bit of courage uh, at that age to reach out um, to, you know, a, a foundation, uh, you know, a conservation organization, what have you to, you know, try to have them help you, um, you know, in, in Rocky's case, you know, what can I do, um, you know, to to fulfill what he needed to on his side of things. But I'd imagine that, you know, the experience that he gained in those 40 hours um, could not fully be. I guess, compre- it's, it, it'll probably be hard for him to comprehend everything that he learned. It's probably going to be like 10 years down the road. And he has, you know, memories of that. And he starts thinking back on what he learned that he didn't really absorb at the time. Um, that's going to, you know, be way more valuable than, you know, the paper that he wrote at the time.
1: Oh, absolutely. I mean, I think it's cool. I mean, when he reached out. It was like you almost reflected on, hey, you know, the project I want to work on. I hunt in these certain areas. I've seen, you know, the guzzlers kind of, you know, guzzlers are all throughout um, Nevada. And I know California has them. Idaho um, surprisingly doesn't. And I, it's weird to me. Sometimes they, you know, I, I don't know the reason entirely. But I, I truly think guzzlers are beneficial. When you're in the dry, arid areas, um, you know, they're, they're, it's a water source. It's an absolute right. water source. There's, there's no denying it. Um, and, and just a, you know, quick example, uh, the drought that was experienced in Nevada and kind of all through the West, um, a lot of money was put in uh, to the um, projects associated with water dumps on guzzlers in Nevada and, and Nevada Bighorns Unlimited, a massive nonprofit in the state of Nevada that collaborates very well and closely with the Department of Wildlife in Nevada and um, they, I mean, it was close to I want to say, don't quote me on this, but about a half million dollars was spent of doing water drops on guzzlers throughout Nevada to maintain bighorn sheep populations. Wow. So if anyone says guzzlers don't work, they absolutely do, and in a lot of, like, the bighorn sheep country, um, the whole challenge and addiction that goes with chucker hunting. Uh, chucker are, you know, they, they live in in bighorn sheep country. They live in elk country. Um, they are, those type of bighorn and elk hunts are challenging for big game hunters. So if you can imagine, people who are crazy enough to chase wild devil birds, they're in that type of element in the backcountry. Um, so it's rugged terrain. And, you know, guzzlers are, are very important to wildlife and, and the whole ecosystem. And, you know, when, when Rocky reached out and said, hey, there's, you know, some of these areas I hunt, I've seen some, you know, damaged or, you know, the need of, of repaired uh, guzzlers in these areas, I'd like to do it. And I thought, you know, what high school kid is that committed? One, to reach out, yeah. kind of, you know, cold, cold call. Um, I presented it to the board foundation-wise, and they are all committed to it. Um and uh yeah, you know, we reached out, you know, again, this is all volunteer. This is not my day job, but took the time to reach out to the agency in Washington, did email introductions, made sure that it was full disclosure, transparent, we knew everyone was on board with what was happening and Rocky did a great job to be able to compile that data essentially as a high school kid and, and, and document what uh guzzlers were, were repaired. Um so Uh, good for him. Um, I I wish him um, success in the future with what, you know, wherever uh, life takes him with his education, his career. But um, I thought that was very, very cool of him to do. And hopefully when he reflects back, um, it's, you know, something that he then could, you know, pass along to whether it's his kids or, you know, family members and friends of of what he, uh, even though it was a small commitment, it was much larger. And and I, I hope he sees that later in life
0: yeah yeah that's uh that's very well put so how can people get involved with the foundation um let's say if they're you know like someone like me who's who's here in the midwest is there a way for me to get involved like i guess maybe through donating uh or you know how would that look for for someone you know not in nevada that wanted to to help be a part of the foundation or help uh, support the cause
1: absolutely there's there's many platforms. Um, one, there's a social media aspect of it. <clears throat> Again, Chucker Chasers um, is a separate you know, entity uh, that does media content and, and the, the branding and merchandising um, online. And then the foundation itself has its own social media, has its own Facebook, um, has its own webpage. Uh, if you go to chuckerchasers.com forward slash uh, foundation, there's a breakdown of who the board members are, um, contact information, email. Uh, we did have memberships up. Last year, we ran the foundation had annual memberships, lifetime memberships, and business-specific memberships. Um, we're dealing with a new platform system, and so hopefully by summer of this year, we'll have a new online system for memberships and that's the biggest way like we've had a huge, um, there's about, you know, in launching it about a year ago, you know, we had about a hundred individuals sign up as members, whether it was annual business or lifetime, uh, which was great. Some of those partners, um, you know, that we have some industry partners on the foundation side, uh, that were committed to those memberships. And so, hopefully summer we'll have a uh, members you know a new new membership platform that uh, that's a good way to to donate and, and to support the organization um again Reno's event unfortunately sold out but it is March 12th may have some extra tickets um but for right now we we're, we're limited with just the space but you know try to come to those annual fundraising events I, I, The big thing with those events are it's very unorthodox. It's not like your typical, you know, table of eight, round table of eight, round table of ten. It's that whole Basque kind of mindset of family-style dining, get to know your neighbors, um, and have a fun time. I mean, we tend to have live music. Um, It's more of a, I wouldn't say rowdy, but it's just more of an unorthodox, um, have a good time, get to know, you know, the familiar familiar faces, uh, new friends, new family um but that's march 12th in reno if you can make it an event or april 2nd in boise idaho uh, they're having their event and tickets should be released here in the coming days and they're doing it at the hayden beverage uh company in boise and so if you could make it to any of the events they're always a good time um and like i said hopefully uh you know there'll be memberships up this summer um, or you could always send a check to the, uh, to the addresses that are listed on the webpage. Um, like you know, it, it is a 501 C three, uh, the EIN is available, um, on the webpage for any type of donation or contribution. And that's how you could get involved.
0: Awesome. Yeah. I know we're, <clears throat> we're getting pretty close here to, uh, to your cutoff time here, but, I just want to ask you a few more things, then I'm going to let you get out of here. So, how was it that you learned about two uh, percent to to get involved from um, the 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 brand side of things?
1: So it's it's kind of like what I mentioned earlier about just the community uh, aspect of all this. I think you know whether you're big game or upland, um, you know chucker specific. You know it was seeing you know some of the chucker chasers had some great partners and um, first light. Uh, it was involved with 2%. And so from seeing that involvement, looking into it, um, you know, brand recognition, you know, I, I was beginning to see 2%, um, making more of a, an outreach effort. And so I reached out to Jared and Jared and I, I believe we chatted on the phone first, you know, try to get, you know, feelers of just, you know, what 2% actually was. And then, um, you know, started the process of, of the, getting, getting the certification, so it was it was really through the I think the the outreach done by two percent, knowing that some of um the partnerships that Chucker Chasers has, um and seeing the 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 co-branding, co-partnering, um, you know, and, and making a difference. I mean talking to Jared, he goes, Oh, you do, you know, your your you and you know, what you do behind uh Chucker Chasers and Chucker Chasers like where its vision is and like the growth. Um, like you would, you know, Chucker Chaser is an absolute candidate for a certification. So it was, it was, uh, through that all, um, the recognition, the, the exposure, um, and then some of the partners, you know, being, being affiliated with 2% is, is really what led us to seek our certification.
0: Yeah. And the Chucker Chasers Foundation is also, uh, or it's part of the recently launched, uh, community partner program through 2% as well.
1: Yep, which is very cool. I'm glad that you guys, uh, you know, with 2% started that. Um, and yeah, that the foundation now has that association.
0: Yeah, no, that's great. I mean, it sounds, I, I mean, I, I'm just always super impressed. And, and it, I always, this is like my, the favorite part of, of my job with, with hosting the podcast is is getting to talk to people who have, you know, built something, right? I mean, starting with the brand and then now the foundation, and all the good that's coming out of it, and you know all the while this is you know uh you know secondary uh, in terms of work for for you and I'd imagine for you know some of the other um uh co-owners with you as well, and not not to mention you know the board members that are doing it all on a volunteer basis i mean w- to me that really shows the character of people when it's secondary, and they're you know they're not doing it to make money right it's not this big money grab they're doing it for the betterment of wildlife for a specific species. And, you know, I think that those are the types of platforms and organizations that really tend to make um, a long lasting change. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, real quick, Damon, where can people find Chucker chasers at?
1: So we're primarily online, Um, you know, hats, shirts, sweatshirts, um, decals. Again, like a lot of our stuff is in jest. Uh, you know, hopefully there's the, the, some of these individuals understand the, uh, underlying, uh, you know, uh, emphasis we put on, uh, you'd only know if you were actually out there, um, for some of our products. I mean, for instance, we have a, an ice cream cone, uh, that, uh, is to really make a joke on when sometimes we're out chucker hunting, uh, you find, you come across chucker shit, and it, uh, it's a green cone with a, a little bit of white ice cream on top. Um, so our, our website, Um, You know, we have an online online store uh, and offer a lot of lot of different options. So you can find us there. Shields in Reno and Sparks carries our our product too, which they've been a great um, partner. Uh, you know, supporting local businesses, but our primarily um, our store online gets the most traffic. Um, and then through Instagram, there's a link to our website. Um, so all online um, is, is the best way. Note that we are going through a, a, this transition, uh, so probably a new website launched or an online store launched sometime in the summer. Um, but for now, shirts, sweatshirts, hats are available.
0: Awesome. Well, Damon, let's, uh, I really enjoyed this, man. We're gonna have to do this again soon.
1: Absolutely, like we said at the beginning, glad we could finally connect.
0: Yeah. Well, uh, take care of yourself and uh, good luck with the upcoming banquets.
1: Awesome. Thanks. If you make it out this way, you'll have to get a hold of me.
0: Yeah, absolutely. we Will do, Damon. All right. Have a great one. All right. Take care. Okay, well, thanks again to Damon for joining me today. I would like to thank the partners of the podcast, Wild Rivers Coffee and Stone Glacier, as well as 2% for Conservation. Uh, Make sure you guys are going out and supporting the brands that support this podcast and help make it possible. Uh, And if you're interested in learning more about 2% for Conservation, you can visit their website, fishandwildlife.org. And over there, you can check out all the certified brands, including Chucker Chasers, that you should support. Uh, when you shop i also encourage you guys to follow two percent on social media where they're going to post only positive conservation driven content in your feed so again if you'd like to learn more about two percent for conservation you can look for them online on social media or at FishAndWildlife.org. thanks for joining me this week everyone be sure to check out the average and check out all of the previous podcast episodes as well as pick up um some gear and apparel to help support conservation. We've got some new stuff uh, coming next week. So definitely be sure to check that out. So as always stay safe and remember that conservation starts with you.